culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter. With Zach Peter, that's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet for really funny Instagram stories, um, really funny TikToks, adorable memes, and lightly filtered selfies. I've been taking a lot of those lately, trying to hide my roots the best that I can, even though it's it's been a minute. I almost had like a near um, near death experience, not because of coronavirus, but because I forgot I ate some beets last night. So when I went to the restroom 10 minutes ago, I was like freaking out because I thought I was dying. And then I was like, no, remember you had beets last night. Like, let's not like, let's calm down. Um, but on that note, I'm so excited for all the dish that we have to break down this week from Real Housewives of Atlanta spoilers to recaps of Beverly Hills in New York. And here to help me break it all down, she may be married to Bravo, but I'm so happy I get to have an affair with her today. Please welcome back Jolene Lenzer. <laughs> I love that intro. That was so sweet. <laughs> How are you, boo? Good. How are you, Zach? I'm trying to stay alive and not eat any more beets. Right? I had no idea you were allergic to beets. Uh, That is very scary. I'm allergic to red onions, so I totally get it. I'm not allergic to beets, but I forget that they turn, like, your pee and your poop red, so it looks like you're peeing blood. So I got really scared, and I was like, am I dying? Am I bleeding internally? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am so glad I think beets are disgusting, so I never eat them. Well, I didn't eat actual beets. They were beet chips, so I didn't even think anything of it. Oh, yeah. And then I thought I was peeing, and then I was like, oh my God, is this a symptom? Like, what is happening? Am I dying right now? I was like, can I go to the hospital right now? Like, oh my God, it's going to be flooded with people. I was like, oh. (laughs) And then I was like, oh wait, you had beets last night. Um, I'm so glad you're okay. I'm alive. How are you doing? How is Married to Bravo? How are your podcasts? How's your comedy? Give me an update before we dive in. You know, everything is going. I mean, I can't complain. I have, you know, uh, my podcast is doing well. I incorporated my 65-year-old mom now on my Married to Bravo podcast, and she has lots of opinions about the housewives, especially. And I recently got her to start watching 90 Day Fiance because I'm Mm. obsessed with 90 Day Fiance. And so now her and I have started a podcast about that. So basically... I'm just live streaming on YouTube and doing podcasts all the time to stay sane. 
And your mother is so funny, too. She has such hot takes and opinions. <laughs> she does. She's like this Midwestern Minnesota woman with a thick accent. And she, I have to remind her, you know, don't slut shame, like little things. Right. We're she, not trying to get canceled. Yeah. But, you know, I think people like her because she's just, she's honest. And, you know, she doesn't she doesn't have a filter, Zach. You would love you love her. <laughs> I do. I was watching the the video you posted when you were taping with her. And then there was an earthquake and you're like, oh, my God, there's an earthquake. And I like <laughs> I'm the biggest like I hate earthquakes. Like that is oh. the one thing I hate the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was freaking out because she when we podcast, I can see her, but she can't see me with the system I use. And so. I felt this earthquake and it was like a five, I think they said, like a 4.9 or a five uh, magnitude. And I'm, you know, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm not really, still. I've been out here six years, but I'm not really used to earthquakes. And so I'm describing it. My mom's like, what? What's happening? (laughs) She can't see me. So she thinks, you know, it's some, you know, huge earthquake, but even a small one, even like a five is very powerful. It just feels like someone picked up your house and is shaking it. It's it's a surreal feeling. And like you can't run from it. You can't hide from it. Like it's like you're just in it. Exactly. And you have to just wait it out no matter how long it takes. Luckily, I've only experienced, you know, shorter ones. But you see videos of people in other countries. And then, you know, years past, like in the 80s in in the United States, where there was huge earthquakes. And it's crazy. I know. Well, speaking of earthquakes and shaking things up, what did you think of NeNe Leakes uh, leaking some reunion spoilers on her YouTube channel? I was watching it and I'm like, can she like, isn't she like not allowed to like contractually not allowed to talk about some of this stuff? Did you You see the video? Yeah, so I saw the video. I noticed that she released another one because she said on her YouTube channel, which I'm loving Nini's YouTube channel. She's mm. just hauled up in her bedroom with all her like silver pillows. And yes. <laughs> sometimes she brings Greg in and it's very entertaining. I am liking that these housewives are doing YouTube channels and, and Dorinda's like recapping New York now, but I am a little bit like, hmm, get off our game. Like, that's what we do. We don't need you to right. do that. They're going to take our jobs. Yeah, don't take our jobs. But I think I was surprised that she was able to leak that much, but maybe because this is such a weird time and they want people to watch this zoomed in um, reunion, maybe it only helps kind of drive up viewership and people to get excited about it. But I was really uh, interested. I mean, it was I was interested in what she said because it's like she is spilling all the tea before we even get to see it. But I wasn't surprised that we had another Nini walk off, you know. Yeah, I love that she told us that she walked off. So there's um, so there's beef with Yovana, right? There's Yovana. Yeah. She talked about the beef with Yovana. She said that she was upset that for the first two hours, she was kind of the one in the hot seat and she was being grilled. She was upset that they brought up Wendy Williams and that there were so many things that they um, – didn't need to bring up because they didn't necessarily happen on the show, but yet they were still being addressed. What my argument, my case against that is it's like, well, technically some of these things didn't happen on the show, but you've still become such a a public figure that like we, we want you to address these things and it's Mm -hmm. either you address them with Bravo, who's giving you your paycheck or you address them with some blogger or some magazine somewhere else. And then Bravo loses that scoop. And Bravo's now at the point where they're tired of always holding up the fourth wall. 
And now they're breaking it a little and, and acknowledging that a lot of these housewives have now become celebrities in their own right outside of just Bravo land. And that now, mm-hmm. you know, we want to know about these things. Do you think it's fair that we should be asking them these things at the reunion? You know, yeah, I think I don't think there's a problem with them asking Nini the stuff about Giovanna. This was a huge part of the season wondering, you know, was there audio? Did she film, you know, um, I'm Cynthia when they were talking? But I do agree with Nini on a few things, and that is that if you're going to call out her stuff, I think you have to call out everyone else. And also maybe allow, you know, Marlo more time, because I think that was one of Nini's complaints, is that, like, Marlo and Tanya, they weren't allowed in, and she felt like the whole reunion was about her. But we know Nini will say it's about her, even when it's not about her, because that's such a Nini thing to do. Yeah, everything's uh, about Nini. She was on Glee. About, exactly. She was on Glee and some other show that got canceled. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I do. I A lot of people on my podcast, they get mad at me because I'm like a Nini apologist. I just feel like this woman has given us so much. Yeah. I understand she's problematic, but the Niniisms are just my favorite, but I would like her to go back a little bit to, to old Nini. Um, however, I do think that if Kenya is going to have Mark be, you know, in this relationship and stuff, be her whole season, she should be questioned about that, you know? And I think there was uh, stuff brought up of why wasn't Todd questioned, you know, if the we're going to talk lady. about the cookie lady. Yeah. The cookie lady was, you know, a storyline. It wasn't as big as the Yovana storyline, but yeah, bring the cookie lady in. Like if we're going to blow up everybody's spot or blow up Nini's spot, then blow up everybody's spot. You know, so I do agree with her on that. I agree. You know, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians or if you've ever watched it. I have. (laughs) So that's why so many people right now are so, I feel like it's the same thing with Kourtney Kardashian. And at first I was kind of in agreement with Kim and Chloe about how Kourtney's really cut back on filming. She doesn't really want to reveal her relationships. She's really picky about what she's shown on camera. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's not fair. If you signed up for this, this is what you signed up for. But then I was reading other people's tweets online saying, but like Kourtney Kardashian carried the show for a lot of years. Like she Mm -hmm. gave birth on, like we see her pulling Mason out of her on camera all of her fights with Scott like all of that was totally like she put everything out there when there were so many things that Kim didn't put out there like her relationship with Reggie Bush and like there were all these other things in the past that some of the other girls didn't necessarily want to address on camera I think Chloe's always been pretty good at that but Courtney has really given so much for so many years that now I understand it's like when you exploit your relationship in that way I understand Mm -hmm. how eventually you're like okay I can't keep doing this because then it comes with all the tweets and all the criticism and all the press and like eventually you're just like okay I can't give everything anymore exactly and eventually you'll never be able to have a successful relationship and I think as someone who's similar close in age to Courtney I feel like at this age and with the amount of children she has she probably does want to find someone and settle down and to allow her relationships like you said to get exploited on this television show I mean it's going to make it really hard for her to do that I agree. She just wants to push her way through life and find herself a cute little 24-year-old and settle down. <laughs> yes, because who, what 24-year-old don't want to settle down? I mean, that's right. the settle-down age, isn't it? Right. <laughs> well, speaking of not settling down, we had some really big news come out about Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. They are getting a divorce. Did this break your mm-hmm. heart, Jolene? No, I watched the show, or Kristen's show, I forget what, Being Cavalier or whatever. Very Cavalier, yeah. 
very Cavallari. Um, I don't find Kristen Cavallari entertaining anymore. And I think Jay Cutler looked miserable in every scene and they look like they had huge disdain for one another. So it does not surprise me one bit. It, it, it's always sad when you see something like this because, you know, they have children and stuff, but it's definitely, they were down two different roads. I mean, she still wants to be living this reality TV life and it's, doesn't seem like I don't know what kind of life he wants to live like duck hunting or something but mm. it doesn't seem like he's on the same page as her ever who do you think asked for the divorce Jay really? <laughs> I Chris, well I think Kristen has been in the business long enough where I'm sure she was fine with it but I think you know she probably looks at it from a business perspective and maybe you know with her show and stuff thought that you know, she wanted to keep it together for that reason. Um, but I just, he just looked so, I mean, I don't know much about Jay Cutler. I don't, I didn't want, I don't watch football, but even I had my husband watch it and he is a huge football fan. And he's like, oh, he's miserable. Oh, he's, what you know, kind of watching this. Uh, and it, it was just like a constant train wreck. So I'm not surprised. And I, you know, I think also with this time, you know, we're quarantined together if they're even together, but if they are, I mean, the divorce rate is going up. The more time married people have to spend together. So is your, doesn't surprise me. How is your relationship doing right now? Um, it's actually doing really good because, like, uh, I was telling you before the podcast started, my husband and I came out to Palm Desert and we're hauled up in my mother-in-law's retirement home because she lives in Texas most of the year. So we actually have space. We're not in our little L.A. apartment. So our relationship is flourishing with space. You just really need space. But some of these couples, I mean, Kristen and Jay, they have huge amounts of space, but they also yeah. have kids. And we don't have kids, so that's a whole added pressure that we don't have. So we're actually doing really well but to say we don't annoy each other would be a lie we definitely <laughs> annoy the shit out of each other <laughs> i mean you're literally stuck with the same person every single day without any sort of like break or outside communication exactly and you have to you, it's so crazy you have to deal with your problems and you can't just be like oh, i'm mad i'm not going to talk to you and i'm going to go hang out with my friends or i'm going to go to target and do some kind of retail therapy you have to actually solve your problems or you'll be miserable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think this was probably the first time. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this probably is the first time they've Jay and Kristen have really had to live together because before he was all, always on the road, and then it seems like recently she was always on the road. But I do think you're right that he's the one that asked for the divorce after really thinking about it because he did look really miserable. And I feel like with the show, we'll get to the show in a sec, but like I feel like he didn't know what it was like to take the back seat where yeah. she kind of always had to have that life with him. And she got away from the camera. She kind of got away from Hollywood. She wasn't in it as much. And now she has a business. And I think you're right where she understands the business and she understands that Jay made the show. And I don't mm -hmm. think she would have left Jay knowing that she wasn't going to be with him. Because if you think about it, Jay's been the MVP of the, of the very Cavallari for all four seasons. Like, and the show has mm -hmm. gone through such a, a polarizing shift where it started about her opening her first store. And it was all about the staff. And then season two, they brought in a whole new staff and then we try to follow them. And like, people just weren't connecting with any of them. So they really wanted, and if you're going to do a reality show with Kristen Cavallari, people aren't going to care about Kristen Cavallari's staff. They care about Kristen Cavallari. So I think exactly. once Jay became part of the show a lot more, people really kind of liked their dynamic, but you could even tell some of their stuff felt a little forced and they didn't really want to address a lot of their problems on camera. Mm -hmm. 
And I think she just, she knew that she couldn't lose him and still have the show successfully without him. So it'll be, I mean, I mean, there's an interesting spin that they can do with like now Kristen is single and Kristen is dating. And I think that'll mm-hmm. be kind of a fun twist now that they have Justin Anderson on the show. But do you think the reality show ultimately was the final nail in the coffin? Yes, I think so. And I, yeah, I think definitely he didn't want to do it. I think you make a great point that he wasn't used to um, taking the back seat and all of a sudden seeing her fame flourish. I mean, I personally think her reality show will be more interesting if it can be more authentically about Kristen Cavallari. What we loved about Laguna Beach Kristen was that she was unapologetically Kristen. Yeah. Now, when she came back to the hills, it was you know a little more scripted and it was at a weird time when Lauren Conrad had left. Um, but we still got to see Kristen. But I feel like we haven't seen Kristen in years. And bringing in these players and employees and kind of friends, I didn't care about them exactly like you said. I cared about her. So I would love to see a show with Kristen kind of, you know, a balancing getting out of this very public marriage, uh, balancing being a mom and a businesswoman with some real friends. That would be fun to watch. Almost like the Hills now, but the Hills are, you know, married and star Kristen. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm hoping that we will get that and that a lot of the filtering wasn't so much because she wanted to filter it, but because, you know, Jay didn't want much of their marriage out there. And I think she loves the cameras. I think she loves this mm-hmm. life and she forgot how much she loved this life because she was the housewife for so long. And now she's getting a taste of it again. And I'm just like, I, I want to see her come back. I want to see a little bit of that bad Kristen come back too. Me too. I love Bad Kristen. And this is just more proof that we need a Real Housewives of Chicago. Once Tinsley marries Scott, she can be with, well, is is she even in Chicago anymore? Well, Kristen's in Nashville now, I believe. But we can't, but she opened a store in Chicago. So there's a good chance she might be open to doing Chicago. But I can't do, I can't, I can't do Tinsley, Jolene. I can't, I can't, I can't. (laughs) Even after these last couple episodes of her finally taking off her new, I bra mean, okay, and well, going let, in the pool. Let's get into New York then, because okay, because <laughs> I liked this side of Tinsley where she is like no, she has no clothes on, and she's like her mascara and her lashes are just a hot mess, and her hair is a hot yes. mess, and she's drunk, and I'm just like, this is the Tinsley I want to see more of because this feels like a more real Tinsley, but I don't feel mm-hmm. like we're gonna get much more of this. I don't think we're going to like I now, especially now that she has Scott, I don't think we're going to get much more of that Tinsley. You know what? I think we will because alcohol is a hell of a drug, Zach, let me tell you. And I think that Tinsley has a hard time um, partying uh, and, and, and being modifying her partying. I think she is she's all in and she's very obviously she's afraid to like not be this, you know, prim and proper thing like her mom wants her to be. But we know that's not Tinsley. Tinsley has layers. She's a human being. And we have to drop this whole, I want a fairy tale thing. And I think once she's with Scott, she'll only be able to hide that aspect of herself for so long. That is at her core who she is. She's someone who really likes to kind of get wild and get out of control as much as she wants to kind of stay in the reins of her family and what she's supposed to look like. She's never been able to do that her whole life. So I think with the right people around her to pull that side out of her, Scott, he's not going to be able to stop it. That's who she is. 
Yeah. Okay. So to recap this episode, they were still in the Hamptons. They were staying at Ramona's house and then uh, Ramona made dinner for everybody and the girls got a little too drunk. Tinsley and Leah got really drunk and then got naked in the pool, dragged Sonia into the pool and they were all kind of naked. They were throwing around the tiki torches. They made a real big mess in the backyard. Um, Dorinda got really drunk. Somehow the topic of John came back up again and Ramona wasn't happy um, or Ramona thinks that uh, Dorinda's having issues with John. Dorinda was upset because Dorinda loves John, as she keeps telling us, and she has to remind us. Um, then there was that weird lady with the black hair, Ramona's friend. I don't even remember her name. She's just <laughs> kind of like randomly there. I think she was supposed to be like a friend of, and then they're like, we hate you, and they fired her. Um, and then Ramona leaves for the night and goes out with her friends, leaving all of her guests drunk at her house, wakes up the next morning. It's a hot mess. She's like, this is my home, my home. And then Luann's like, ha, 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 Ramona, aren't you? Or Dorinda's like, ha, 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 weren't you a terrible house guest for me? And now you know what it feels like. And yeah, it was just a hot mess. But so <laughs> back to Tinsley for a minute. So we had Tinsley and Leah that really kind of let loose. Sonia, we know let loose. It always lets loose and it always is a hot mess. But I think mm-hmm. we saw a different. Do you think that Leah is what brought out this other side of Tinsley? And yeah, what are your thoughts great- about Leah altogether now after this episode? Well, I think it's great that uh, Tinsley actually has Leah because it's someone more, you know, in her age, age range and yes, age appropriate and can totally relate to Tinsley. And she sees a side of Tinsley that's like, hey, pull that stick out of your ass and let's have some fun. And so I think that's good for Tinsley because these women for season after season, I'm becoming more empathetic towards Tinsley because they feel like they're really treating her like She's their annoying little sister. And Tinsley, you know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like Tinsley, but I think she does bring some stuff to the table. I mean, she does bring a lot to the table. I mean, she's brought a lot of, yes, I'm drinking, Luann. You know, I mean, Tinsley does have a strong point of view when she's allowed to give it, when she's not being railroaded by these women, because I think in a lot of respect, I think they are very intimidated by Tinsley being young. And, um, you know, she wants to this fairy tale, but if you think about it, they all want the damn fairy tale. Dorinda's still talking about her fairy tale. Sonia's still trying to live her old fairy tale. So maybe they see sides of Tinsley that uh, in themselves that they don't like. You yeah, know, Tinsley's their They're, mirror. Exactly, they're projecting. So I, I think this is good for Tinsley. I am loving Leah. I think what Leah's bringing to the show is something we need. We need someone who isn't going to just you know come in and try to be everyone's best friend. We need someone who's going to be their own because we have such a huge void, in my opinion, with with Bethany gone. I'm a huge Bethany fan. I wish Bethany could be on every franchise, but that's just me. Um, And so I think Leah is, is, she's opinionated. She seems strong. She seems very okay in who she is. And that's the kind of person we need to go head to head with these women who, for some reason, all of a sudden, you know, decided that they can, you know, show their vaginas everywhere. But if you have a tattoo, you're nasty. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the issue with the tattoos have been this season. But I think Leah is holding her own. She's funny. She's smart. I know I've seen some things on Instagram with people calling her out for previous, you know, political opinions she's had. But as far as just this show goes, I think she's bringing it and she's a great addition. I agree. I like her. I think she brings a young, fresh, youthful energy that doesn't look because sometimes Sonia has moments where it's like it just looks bad. And it's like Mm -hmm. you feel it's cringy to watch, whereas I think Leah was a little cringy to watch. But like it was it also just felt a little more natural coming from like 
Leah and Tinsley who are kind of in the place that they're in with their lives where it just feels like Sonia's never grown up and is still 24 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I don't see Tinsley's relationship with Scott lasting. If these are the little bits of her that we're starting to see come out and this is what her fourth season on the show and we're barely Mm -hmm. getting to see these other layers of her then I think her moving to Chicago, where I don't think she has much of a, a social circle, and her being with Scott, who's so controlling and has to really be, you know, monitoring everything that she does and really wants her to be the prim and proper housewife, I don't foresee it lasting. No, I agree with you. I don't foresee it lasting. I mean, they're in their 40s and they've broken up 10 times. I mean, that's like no. junior high stuff. You need to just... Figure your stuff out, unfreeze your eggs, make some babies. And I think that's ultimately what Tins is looking for. She wants someone that can inseminate those eggs. Remember when we were crying for yeah. the eggs with her and her mom? Oh you know, she gosh. wants to meet her babies. And then I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it lasting. And I don't see him ever being able to truly quote unquote tame Tinsley because she doesn't need taming. She just needs to find someone who accepts her for who she is, allows her to have her moments when she's out and also have her moments with him, you yeah. know, a balance. Yeah. Ramona, do you think she was, um, well, I guess Luann and Ramona, do you think Luann was out of line for getting upset with Ramona about the lower level room? Yes. Luann's ridiculous. She's, she's never going to be happy. Nothing's ever going to be enough for the Countess. She has zero self-awareness. Do I love watching her? Hell yeah. But this lower level thing is ridiculous. She was like, oh, the TV's unplugged and it has a back on it. You know, like I found a spider. Can we turn the the air uh, or the air off? And she's just all the things she hates about Ramona, she becomes when she's traveling. She thinks people should lay out the red carpet. Oh, I'm marrying Tom. I should get the best room. Oh, I'm divorcing Tom. I should get the best room. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I should get the best room. That's not how the world works. But Luann's world has worked that way. And I was surprised Ramona played into that, but I loved that Ramona put her in the lower level because that's where the Countess belongs. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. She belongs underground. Like she just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Her ego is so big that I'm just like, I could really do without Luann on the show. I know that's a hot take. I know not a lot of people are going to like yeah. it, but I could really mm-hmm. do without Luann because I don't feel like she's really brought anything these first couple of episodes. I'm hoping that changes when she starts drinking again, but I don't mm-hmm. think she's brought much to the first couple of episodes other than just being annoying. Exactly. And saying, I hope I don't look like that when I'm drinking. No, Luann, you look like you're in the back of a squad car assaulting a police officer and shimmying out of your handcuffs. Yeah, That's you're like you 10 times like. worse. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, all have a mugshot. And so it's just, it's classic Luann from season one. She just lacks any self-awareness and just sees herself as above everybody else. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Luann just yet because she's that right amount of cringe and she's that character you can kind of love to hate right now. Mm. Um, And she is a good adversary, I think, to Ramon in a lot of ways because they do mirror each other. And I am loving Sonia calling out just, I just love how Sonia, you know, calls out Luann, calls out Ramona. Yeah. Just a quick take on Sonia. I agree with you. I think as she gets older, it gets a little bit more and less entertaining to watch her get so drunk. And also, now that she is, you know, getting older, it's creepy when we see her 
basically just trying to dry hump the girls from behind when they're in the pool. I'm like, Sonia, you look like one of those creepy guys at a party Mm -hmm. that's like coming up like, hey, you know, calm your ovaries, Sonia. She's just like, gets so just very pervy on the women. And I'm like, "Mm, we need it to be consensual perviness or it's not fun to watch. (laughs) I know it's, they just it's it's interesting to to see how they're a lot they're very much the same as they were at the beginning of the franchise and yet they've also evolved in such a way that like we still love to watch them even though a lot of the crazy antics are very much the same oh exactly and i think that's and a testament I, to the new york franchise exactly and i do have to say sonia just continues to be so entertaining and so unfiltered. And for that, I really do appreciate her. And I think when they were going around the circle and sharing, you know, what their fears are, everyone didn't give Sonia enough credit because I heard what Sonia was saying. She doesn't want to die alone. She doesn't want to be in a nursing home. She's at a very transitional period in her life where her daughter's kind of going off. She's in this new apartment and she wants to catch some dick on the way out. How could we not pick up on what she was saying? She was definitely being vulnerable. Right. (laughs) Yeah. What are your thoughts on Beverly Hills this season? We're what, two episodes deep? Oh my god. It's it's a it's a travesty. It's a train wreck. Kyle Richards needs to be fired unless she can bring both her sisters back. I yeah. love Garcelle. I'm giving Sutton a chance. Poor Denise Richards. Dorit and the scamming with her uh PK, I was loving them getting called out while popping mints in their mouth at as some attempt I was reading as trying to make the footage unairable because they put mm. mints in their mouth. But since we've taken the fourth wall down and now we're like showing, like you said, with um, a lot of the other franchises, um, it doesn't matter. You can pop all the mints you want. You people are still fake millionaires and you owe people money and you're scammers. Um, I think it's going to be a hard season of Beverly Hills to watch because we truly don't have the leader we deserve. And it's not that I'm like a crazy LVP stand like I'm not watching without her I just think we need a strong leader for this franchise and Kyle's not cutting it and I don't even know if Rinna can cut it I know they tried to do the edit with the crown and all that but I don't know if I'm believing that Rinna can cut it as a leader right now and I really hope it is not going to just be this stretch this pulling out you know, all season of did Denise hook up with Brandy you know what I hope she did and I would love to just, I wish we could talk about it because I've been waiting for a consensual bisexual relationship between housewives my whole life. So let's get that storyline rolling. It would be really, really interesting. Yeah, I feel like, well, we know that the Denise and Brandy stuff doesn't happen until the very end of the season. It doesn't happen. It doesn't come up until the trip to Rome, which is the cast trip at the end of the season. So apparently, according to the other girls, there are other issues with Denise that come up throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm hoping it doesn't become a puppy gate type of situation where it's dragged out and then it just feels like pulling teeth just to get through it. Um, mm-hmm. with Sutton, I feel like, so I had this theory because she was originally a main housewife and then she was demoted to a friend of, and so there were these rumors that there was a contract issue and she was apparently filming another show while she was also filming Beverly Hills. And so it looks like Bravo wasn't too happy about that. Um, and mm. so that's why she ended up getting cut from the main, um, the main girls because she did film her opening scene with the diamond. She did film, 
film. Um, she did do the photo shoot with all of the cast. Like, all of that still happened. So, But it was only recently that she became a friend of. And apparently she filmed as if she were full-time. Now... My theory is that once they demoted her, they were also going to edit it to make it look like she was really bad and that that's probably why she didn't get picked up as a full-time housewife. And I feel like we're already starting to see that based off of the edit we saw in episode two where she was kind of annoying with the mayor at her store opening and like, you know, she just, all the girls were kind of rolling their eyes at her and it just is starting to make her look annoying and obnoxious. Okay, so that's Sutton. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about Denise for a second. No, 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 Sutton, yeah. Denise, Okay. Denise, I'm, I have mixed feelings. I want to see how all of her stuff plays out with all the other girls, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of agree with the other girls that, like, if you sign up for this, you kind of have to take what comes your way, you know? Like, all the girls have had to get a bad season. All the girls had to, have been put in the hot seat at some point. That, like, it's just, you know, it's the nature of the beast. You can't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just wonder if the girls were and if they were really pushing, um, talking about this, um, and if it was a way of kind of pushing Denise out. Mm. Yeah, deflecting and also pushing Denise out because we see that Denise, you know, her first season, she was very popular. And I think Denise, with the right cast members and people coming in, I think that she could you know, be a really good housewife. She is very open about her life, about her sexuality, which is surprising to me that she would be so, and I don't know yet why she doesn't want to talk about the, the Brandy thing. Um, maybe it's that it's not true, uh, but I lean to the to believe that it probably is because she was married to Charlie Sheen, and I'm sure she's into lots of fun things uh, and open sexually. Yeah. Uh, but maybe her husband didn't know. Yeah, that's or... the theory is that her, Aaron had no idea. And that's why Brandy brought it up is because Brandy was told and was under the impression that Denise was in an open relationship with Aaron and that he was aware of this and then Brandy as somebody that's been a victim of cheating wasn't happy when she found out that Aaron actually didn't have any idea that this was going on well now I'm sad that we're not going to get to see this for a while and I'm sad that Denise doesn't want to talk about this because this was would actually be far more interesting than Puppygate oh yeah an affair going on um, and especially affair with two housewives and also when are we going to get like lesbian housewives i don't like what is that can we have can that be a thing or like have we had, can we have no we haven't had a lesbian housewife at all like in any franchise no and and why can't we have house husbands and have some gaming i mean we're in hollywood we're in la we're in beverly hills like i feel like we could recast and diversify and mix this stuff up because some of, I mean, Teddy Mellencamp, go home, just go, just go. You are so boring. She puts me to sleep. Uh, her being pregnant is only going to make her more boring and she can't get any farther up Kyle's ass. And I just, I'm, I can't deal with Teddy. I just find her to be a snooze fast. I don't know how you feel about her, but I'm just, I'm so over it. I have moments where I like Teddy. Like, I well, actually, that's a lie. The only time I've ever liked <laughs> Teddy is when she stood up to Lisa Vanderpump with Puppygate. It's the only time I ever mm-hmm. liked her because that took some serious balls to stand up to the OG, to the queen of the yeah. show, and really hold your ground and be like, no, you're lying and I don't support this. 
mm-hmm. only time I liked her was in like two of those episodes, but that whole thing was dragged out for like eight episodes that like, it was hard to really like her when it felt like she kept just ringing it on and on and on. But, but I know that it wasn't necessarily her. It was more of a production thing where they just continued to prolong the footage. Um, this season, I'm like, I can do without her. She's boring as it is, but yeah. now she's emotional and like overly mm-hmm. emotional. I like her. I feel like as a person, I'm sure I would like her, you know, in real yeah. life. But like for this type of show, I feel like we can, you know, recast somebody else that can really bring a zing. I really like Garcelle. I think Garcelle mm-hmm. brings a new, fresh energy to the show. I love that we are finally diversifying Los Angeles. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Garcelle's going to bring an interesting dynamic. I think Sutton is only going to get a much worse edit the further we get into the season, and we're and we're probably going to end up hating her by the end of the season. Um, do you think Do you think Sutton's going to be our Camille season one, like that kind of villain? No, I don't even Where think she- we're, I don't think we're going to like her at all. Because, like, Camille, even though we hated Camille, we still liked Camille and seasons later wanted her to come back as a full-time housewife. Yes, because now I I think Camille's great, and I wish that she was back, but I know that then they asked her to come back mid-season while filming because we heard all these rumors that they weren't getting what they wanted uh, while they were filming, and so they were bringing back, you know, we're going to see Adrian, we're going to see Kim, I think, we're going to see Camille. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm just, I'm really, I feel like this season is too convoluted. It's very messy. I feel like if anything, they should learn from the Garcelle casting that I would love to see much more women like Garcelle. You're in Beverly Hills. You're in Los Angeles. Let's see more women working in the business who have this history, have all these contexts. I mean, she was married to a CAA agent who cheated on her. I mean, she has this great story. She knows so much. She brought Allie Landry, the Doritos girl from the 90s, into this episode. I'm here for that. Like, I loved that. (laughs) I agree. I think, um, to your earlier point, I think Sutton, I don't think she's Camille season one. I think she's a Siggy or an Amber Marchese from New York. I think that's what they're going to make her into be, is this annoying, brash, Mm -hmm. over-the-top, character that is too much maybe less amber marchese but more siggy flicker from new jersey i think you just hit the housewife's nail on the head they are gonna make her a siggy but she does very much resemble with the bangs and the eyes a ramona yeah just on looks alone i'm like wow okay that's some ramona Yeah, it's cur- I'm curious to see. And I actually don't think that that's going to be a genuine representation of who she is. But I think whatever went on behind the scenes, like the Bravo editors are shady. You see it in Vanderpump Rules. You see it in a lot of the Housewives show. We saw it, you know, with Denise popping her mints, like all of these tricks that the ladies learned how to get away in certain edits, especially like Teresa mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Like we're now seeing that all of that is kind of being broken and the producers yes. aren't really having anybody's backs anymore that um, I think once you do production dirty, they're not going to give yep. you a, a fair edit. They're going to definitely make you look worse than what you actually are. And you get... And I don't blame them. No, I, I, I don't agree. blame them one bit. They have to bring the good TV. They have a lot. Of, I mean, we there's so much to be said for the seasons that aren't killing it this season being like, you know, uh, Beverly Hills and also Vanderpump, which I know we'll, we're going to talk about. Um, but the editors and the producers and stuff, they really, like the people behind the scenes, I feel like I want to give them a hug because I'm like, you are saving this these trash seasons just with your edits and just what you're doing. And um, I'm all for them kind of showing us 
a little bit behind the scenes. I know I saw that happen years ago on Teen Mom as the you know dynamics of the girls kind of changed where now they were becoming celebrities and able to buy these big houses. They weren't just these teenagers that had babies and couldn't afford it. So I think it has to progress with the women. And if the women are heading down this route and learning these little tricks to try to uh, you know, cheat production, then call them out. Show yeah. us it all. <laughs> yeah. Mention it all. No, Mention I think, it all. <laughs> I think Teen Mom was one of the best ones to kind of start it. And that's because mm-hmm. they broke the fourth wall and showed the girls talking to the producers and they showed the producers asking them questions and setting up the scene. And I think that's one thing that as viewers, we appreciate. Like, I love the New Jersey finale when Teresa flips off the cameras and gets mad yes. at them and calls them all assholes and runs away. Like, how many times has that happened in season three or four with Melissa and Kathy and all that drama? How many times did I'm sure Teresa set things up and they cut it because they were trying to not break the fourth wall exactly and now it's like you know what no one can hide and that's what we love because it's real and again this is the real housewives so you can take real on a lot of levels and i i'm loving that because finally you know we're all wondering what jersey like when is Teresa ever going to be held accountable for mm-hmm. this stuff and this season she was definitely held more accountable than she ever had been before Yeah, and it was because we broke the fourth wall. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen any of the footage with her talking to Danielle and her, you know, playing the character that she wanted to play in front of the cameras. Um, Speaking of real, how do you feel about this season of Vanderpump Rules? Because I feel like it's very not real. It's not real. And I just, I think this whole... I mean, I had strong opinions about it going in where if you're going to incorporate this new cast, you know, because the great thing about Vanderpump when it started and now with this quarantine, they've had lots of like Bravo binge watches and they had the first season of Vanderpump. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this season was perfection. The way it glided so effortlessly in from an episode of Beverly Hills to start with a bang. And these people were really friends and working in the restaurant industry. And now we've just completely lost touch to the point where none of them work there. And, you know, they all have these big homes and they need to either have a different show about their lives now. um, And then we have to bring in a new cast, but I don't think you can do both. Right. And what I'm seeing with the new cast people, I think as far as casting of women, they did an okay job. I would like to see again, we're in Los Angeles, a little more diversity would definitely help. However, um, I think Danica can be a strong player. I'm getting very early season one Stassi vibes from her. I think Dana holds her own, and I like that, even though she has horrible taste in dudes. I'm also partial to her because she's a comedian, and so am I. Um, and then little Charlie, I don't eat pasta. I think she holds her own, too, so I like that. The edit Sheena was getting and the way Sheena was behaving is kind of this person that has to welcome them in. Like, you know, the next chapter of Vanderpump is just, a hot mess because I watch Sheena's uh, YouTube channel as well. And I'm like, Ooh, girl, why did you let that happen? Why would you yeah. be I that I don't know person? why she allowed them to, cause they like poor Sheena. I hated her or it a couple seasons ago, but they really keep hammering her in. And I think it was more of a, we saw this successful 
two seasons ago and we're just going to keep this up because we think this is what people like but like they're mm-hmm. really making Sheena look bad and I'm just like there's no way she's this bad you know what I mean and then to make her do the grunt work of introducing the new cast and still work with them and and to make yeah. us believe that any of these cast members want to work at at Sir like Brittany and Ariana wanting to have their bartending jobs back wow. like come on no, and we need to get rid of Jackson Brittany. I mean, I'm over Jackson Brittany. They're done. They're boring. Their storyline is lame. What they did with um, the whole preacher. This is who they are. When people show you who they are, believe them. People have had this weird uh, protection over Brittany. Brittany's a grown woman. She watched the show. She knew what she was getting into when she met Jax. If Brittany can be around a sociopath like Jax this much and be okay with it, she too has her own sociopathic demons. I just find these two to be not entertaining at all. Everything coming out of their mouth is fake. And now, you know, uh, Jax is some kind of born again telling us how to live our lives, which I think is just uh, comical. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's so bad. And their mm storylines are so bad that like, we don't believe them. Like, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day about Ariana and how I didn't believe her depression storyline at the, at the beginning of the season. And like, we've seen that that was like a two episode blip. It was like, a, I'm so depressed. I want to drive myself off a cliff. And then all of a sudden, all of that just disappeared. And now she's not depressed. We're not addressing it. We're not talking about it. She just decided she wanted to do some shifts at Sir. And now all of a sudden she's better. And I'm like, we're exploiting these real issues that aren't yep. like we're using them to draw a storyline that we think is going to be relatable to people, but yet it's not even real. Like you're telling me that somebody that's that depressed is going to be able to wake up and meet her call times every single day and is going to, and bartending at sir is what's really going to be the solution to her mental health problems. Mm-hmm. I do feel, however, I feel like Ariana's depression is real only because I see a lot of her coping mechanisms and how I cope I feel like Ariana this season for the past couple of seasons has just been going through the motions I think yeah. what's happening is production editing's like we can't just harp on this so you got to kind of pick it up okay we'll have Lisa talk to you and Lisa you know Lisa's way of dealing with depression is very old school yeah. and very much just like you know you got to suck it up and that's life but Ariana has been suffering and we've seen it year after year and she's I feel like she's screaming for help and no one's actually helping her yeah. um and so right. that to me is kind of is kind of hurtful because even when we saw at this last, you know, like which is a WeHo wine event, she's just getting drunk to kind of hide this pain. I just look at Ariana's face now and I just see the sadness in her and I feel for her so much. And everyone is attacking her like Lala just did a live where she's attacking Ariana and Sandoval. And I mean, yeah, there's certain things that you can attack, especially Sandoval on. But these are the people that were there for you, Lauren from Utah. I'm just, and I'm (laughs) over Lauren freaking picking on Raquel. I'm loving that Raquel's finally standing up for herself. Lala, know your place. Your place is, you know, S&Ds in Range Rovers. And you admit to that and you're proud of that. And that's fine. But then don't go hate on anyone else's game. I just yeah. hate that Lala thinks she's on a different level. You are not, honey. You, what they call, effed up. You know what I mean? Like, you found yourself a dude with money. You did that cliche L.A. thing. Now you don't get to give life advice. And yeah. you don't get to judge other people. Because you didn't you <laughs> didn't do the grunt work to get that life. You slept with a guy no. and he gave you a Range Rover the next day. Um, 
I agree. And this is where like my issues with Lala and James are very similar to my issues. I guess it's not with Ariana, but my issue is more with production and how production is exploiting these issues like sobriety Mm -hmm. and like depression. And it's like the storyline that they've created around Ariana's depression is it's like we're going to address it and then we're just not going to talk about it again. And we're going to pretend that that was um, packaged up and put away. And so we're exploiting Mm -hmm. these real life situations because we believe that they're going to be related to the viewers watching, but we're not showing a genuine, um, a genuine experience of what they're actually dealing with. Um, and that's exactly. my issue with like James and his sobriety. Like this is like the same note that we've been playing with James for a really long time. And it just feels dragged out as well. Lala mm-hmm. all of a sudden thinking she's on this high horse because like mm-hmm. I've had mixed feelings where I really like Lala in the past. But like lately I'm just like there's not much that I can like about you right now because you're so yeah. preachy and you're so judgy. And I'm sorry. I think Lala needs a fucking drink. Lala needs, yeah, she needs something. She needs a reality check. Um, And I think it's been a long time coming. I think I'm so disappointed and opinionated about her because I loved her. I feel like that Tyra Banks moment, like we were all cheering for you. Mm -hmm. Like you were that underdog. And now instead of embracing these relationships and these people who actually hand your back in the beginning, you want to befriend your bullies because Lala's ultimate goal was to be that cool girl, that it girl, have that money by any means necessary. And I just find that part of LA, I know it's a common thing in LA, but to be kind of disgusting. And there's really nothing interesting about La- what's interesting about Lala anymore. Can you name anything? She's way, in my opinion, she has, she's secretly in love with James. She's obsessed with what James is doing. Raquel um, is threatening to her. Uh, Raquel is like the younger, fresher version of Lala and um, I mean, without the whole, you know, street cred, you know, coming from Utah and listening to Tupac, but uh, she, I just, I just, she's become so unlikable and so unrelatable that she truly believes, you know, it's like Lala, you're new money. You married into money. It's brand new to you, but she's active acting like she's been in the game her whole life. Yeah, and she it's hasn't, and she doesn't acknowledge any of that. I love that, that that online she's become Lauren from Utah, which is who she really <laughs> is. But it's oh, just... I would love it if she just became Lauren again. And if this moment, I mean, she went through a really tragic thing. I mean, losing a parent yeah. anyways, but so unexpectedly. But I think if anything, Ariana tried to give her great advice saying, hey, you know, I've been through it. I know what it's like. And the world will not stop for you. And you cannot, you have to go on and you can't be mad at the world um, and take it out on everyone, you know, and I'm here for you. And instead she took that information and went on live recently and blasted Ariana for not giving her her moment. And it's just like, oh, Lauren, you got to grow up. You got to grow up, Lauren. All the 12 steps, she's been talking about first of all you're not supposed to talk about that like that's one of the first it's like fight club you don't go out there and um and talk about 12-step programs as much as she has at least in my experience and so it's I just feel like she's she's grasping for a storyline like do we really believe she is in Vanderpump Dogs um no. really volunteering no no it's all of these it's all of these forced 
storylines to promote Lisa's businesses. I hate that Lisa's even a bigger part of the show now because it just also feels disingenuous. She doesn't have any genuine relationships with these cast members other than the fact that she was their boss in the past. Like all of these recaps of them having to let her know what's going on. I hated the whole, I mean, it was very obvious with the whole Vanderpump Gardens thing where Max sleeps with the, the new Sheena. Like they're setting us up for potentially a Vanderpump Gardens spinoff show where a lot mm-hmm. of these cast members are probably going to end up going to Las Vegas and working there and carrying the show there. But like, I don't know. I think Vanderpump just really went down the hill down and it's not down the drain and it's not going to come back anytime soon. I agree. I would be excited. I don't know about you, but I'd be excited for just a fresh cast of the Vanderpump cocktail garden in Las Vegas, but get rid of baby Sheena. Cause we do not need Sheena 2.0. And I would be on board to see this fresh cast of people who actually had to become friends to work at this restaurant, because that's what we loved about uh, the original Vanderpump. And I agree with you with adding Lisa into their gossip is just, it's weird. And also this crush uh, sexual fake tension with Lisa and Brett, give me a break. Lisa is not interested in Brett and Brett and Max, horrible casting, horrible. They're both boring and horrific. <laughs> I mean, I would probably sleep with Max in like real life, but like I don't care to watch him that much on the show. No, he's boring. And Brett, I mean, he's only Brett only is the has worst. a YouTube channel. He's the worst and he only has a YouTube channel and any following because he has abs and he dated a very um a famous beauty blogger uh when he was in Jersey and so she gave him subs. I mean, the kid is just ugh. and the fact that Lisa an established businesswoman and I just, I don't believe it's just gross and cringy to think that she would actually even be interested. I mean, you live in LA, you see guys that are hotter than Brett every day. Why are you drooling over him? Yeah. No. Just, it's gross. Gross, gross, gross. I agree. Um, I think if anything, your time is worth, is, is better worth investing in Summer House. Oh, Summer House is what Vanderpump wishes it could be. And it, it's it's amazing. And I love that it's good because I think the bar is set so low for Summer House. We're like, we know this is just a, a summer weekend show where they're just going to get drunk and have fun and have these re- in, these intermixed relationships. And we're, you know, playing around with different people, different cast members. Like the bar has been set so low with that show that like I don't have high expectations, which is why I can appreciate it. So when they surpass those expectations, like... It's it's a great show and it's a great like mindless watch. Oh, it's such I wasn't on the Summer House train and then some people, um, some of my podcast listeners were like, Jillian, you gotta watch Summer House. Oh my god, it's so great. It's like New York level great. And I'm like, What? So I started binging it because I'd seen episodes, you know, here and there over the years. Um, but I started binging hard this last season and it is great reality television. I think Bravo should be boosting up these summer house kids and giving them more money on their paycheck. Cause what they brought this season was very entertaining, very silly. It's almost like a very like kind of like waspy Jersey shore where yeah. these kids are going to the Hamptons rather than uh, the, the Jersey shore. And it's just everything we like about what, what we liked about watching Vanderpump is that they were, they had real friendships. They had real history together and I feel like the summer house kids do too even when they bring in you know newer people like Jules she does have a history to the group and so it's messy it's party it's hookup it's relationship it's all the things we want to see in our Bravo reality shows I agree 
and I'm here for Summer House. I think it's a great season this season. I love the new cast additions. I love the old. I love that we got rid of. I love that we recycle a lot of the old people and like we are not recycle, but like we mix up the cast every season where we have some Mm -hmm. of the old faces. We have a couple people popping in and out from the past, but like for the most part, we always keep it fresh and the dynamic is always evolving. Yes, and we have some Southern Charm drop-ins. Like, I was loving when Austin, Shep, and Craig showed up, and then Craig and Jules hooked up. I mean, it to have crossover episodes that seem like, yeah, they're probably really friends with Kyle and want to celebrate his 37th birthday. They pop in with their sunglasses. Shep's drunk off his ass. And now they're they're partying together, and then they're gone. And you're like, that was a great crossover. <laughs> yeah, most underrated show on Bravo at the moment. Definitely. I agree, Zach, wholeheartedly. All right, Jolene, where, thank you for jo- coming back on No Filter. Where can people keep up with you? Where can they, I mean, I guess you're not doing any stand-up shows at the moment, but like where can they follow your podcast, follow your social meds, and go to a show when we're out of this quarantine? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I always have the best time. You are mm-hmm. so, you know everything and you're so quick and up with all the Bravo shows and everything going on in pop culture in general. And so I appreciate that because I do other podcasts and I'll make a reference and the, the host will be like, ah, and I'm like, oh my God, you need to be more like Zach. So thank you for that, uh, Zach. And uh, right now I'm just doing, I am doing some stand-up. We're doing some stand-up Zoom shows. So if you follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter at Jolene Lunzer, I do post about my shows. I've also been really, like I said, uh, I think I told you this early on. I was, I've been diving into 90 Day Fiance, some, some TLC mess. So I post a lot there. Also on YouTube, I do a lot of recaps and also post my podcast, Married to Bravo, live on there every Friday with my mom. So you can find me on YouTube at Jolene Lunzer. And yeah, those are the places you can find me. And thanks again for having me. I had so much fun. I always have a blast with you. You're always so reality TV savvy that I don't have to like explain things to you that you can, you really hold your own and we don't always agree, but we always have a good conversation. And that's what I like. I I hate when, I don't like when I bring people on and it's just the same, like, oh, I love Lisa. Oh, I love Lisa. Oh, I love Dorit. Oh, I hate Dorit. (laughs) Like, I just like, I like that diversity of opinion because I feel like everybody watching at home is always, they have such different hot takes too. Exactly. Well, I'm sad that our our marriage affair has ended today, but I know you're going to love Bravo a lot more in weeks to come. That's why everybody needs to go and listen to your show um, and check up with your mom is funny and people are going to love your mom. Oh, yes. And and definitely follow. I didn't even mention my married to Bravo Instagram married the number two Bravo. I'm almost to 10K. Um, followers and then I can do the swipe up option and if you are someone that's working on your Instagram you know what that means mm-hmm. um, and I can link directly so you guys please 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 follow me at married number two bravo I'm making funny bravo content at least trying to so thank you Zach yes thank you thank you thank you thank you please go and follow and check out Jolene she is so funny you're gonna love her stand up you're gonna love her mom you're gonna love her podcast and you're gonna love all her opinions so please go flood her DMs right now with all of your thoughts Um, thank you guys my DMs are wide open and I'm single and I'm happy to FaceTime you 
clothing <laughs> optional. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday while we're quarantined. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three times a week currently. Um, have some fun interviews coming up, so get ready. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the social media, on the TikTok, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. I haven't been tweeting as much lately because Twitter is like a vile place right now, but I've been doing a lot of Instagram stories, a lot of TikToks, and just a lot of fun content. So go and follow me, and I will talk to you guys next time. Okay, bye.